and darkness we pray. Open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us. Open our hearts to see your grace and truth and love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I know that for most of us there are some cherished and favorite Bible stories that we have heard or read in the scriptures. Such favorites as, I'm sure, Jonah and the great fish, and David and Goliath, the power of Babel or Babel, whichever you prefer, the creation, Noah and the flood, the nativity stories, that's mentioning only a few, and I'm sure that we could have pulled all of us gathered here and be able to list as many and more. I've had several favorites, one of which is today's Old Testament lesson, the Samuel in the Temple. It's been a favorite of mine ever since I first heard it read when I was at school. Yes, we had religious instruction in school. <laughs> And the Bible was a prominent part of that curriculum. It wasn't just that the story had to do with God calling to someone, though that was a part of it, but there were a lot of elements in the narrative that seemed to speak to me as well. Now, as we have seen, all of the lectures today have to do with calling. In the Gospel passage from St. John, we witnessed the calling of two of the disciples, Philip and Nathaniel, in a, to a new role in their lives, and ultimately, no, to a new existence. In the segment from 1 Corinthians, St. Paul calls upon that paganistic Corinth community to achieve a new awareness beyond base instincts. And even Psalm 139 declares the awareness that God has for the individual. And as I said, the Old Testament lesson gives us the calling of Samuel to serve as God's prophet, a task which he fulfills with great consequence for the nation and the people. But that's a later development. Here we are told of Samuel's first encounter with God. So how did that come about? What were the circumstances that put him in that position? It was the fulfillment of a promise which his mother, Hannah, had made to God. She was one of two wives of the same husband, but unlike her counterpart, she had no children of her own, a situation which deeply saddened her and also caused her to be an object of derision from that counterpart. She fervently prayed to God on one occasion when she was visiting the holy place in Shiloh. And this was an act that was witnessed by Eli, the priest. He initially thought that she was right, and he admonished her. But she assured him that she was not, and told him of her plight, and her promise that if she should conceive a son, then she would dedicate his life to God as a Nazarite. That is one whose very being and existence is totally devoted to God and who lives a life of abstinence and dedication, not even having his hair shaved 
support Trinity. Eli assured her that God had heard her prayer. And soon afterward, she did conceive and brought Samuel into the world. In fulfillment of her promise, she brought Samuel at an early age, a few months, to Eli to be cared for by him and to be brought up in the practices and rituals of that holy place, the temple. So followed a period of training for the future. It was a time of learning, a time of education and of conditioning, and of growing up in the service, which involved prayer, as well as the disciplines of housekeeping, cooking, and so on. And this brings us to the events we read today. Samuel is still a young boy, and it is nighttime. The temple room where Samuel was sleeping was dim, illumined by a dim, smoky oil, smoky olive oil lamp, the wick of which would be more of a glow rather than a flame. The dimness of that setting echoes other factors in the story, namely about the light of God. We are told that the word of God was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. I wonder if that also sounds familiar to us. How often are we hearing the word of God these days, except in church? In that setting, Samuel hears a voice calling his name and mistakes it for Eli calling to him. But after a few false starts, with Eli's advice, Samuel responds to the voice he has heard. Speak more, for your servant is listening. This reflects somewhat interplay between the agents. The impulsive youth sometimes needs to be tempted by experience. We can assume from what we read later that God spoke to Samuel often, and that this was not the only time Samuel became renowned for being God's spokesman to, to the nation. In retrospect, we have to ask ourselves, has God spoken to us individually? Have we recognized the word or call when it has occurred? Or have we, like Samuel, initially mistaken it for something else or someone else? I can't answer for you. But I'm fairly certain that God's call is not a one-time only event. Depending on the response we make or do not make, it may and often is repeated. When we, when and how do we respond? Well, there are many ways to serve, both at the local level and in the wider church and the world. And most, if not all, do not require shaved head or blasphemy. <laughs> Responding to such calls as vestry membership, altar guild membership, altar service, choir membership, and even coffee hosts, coffee hour hosts, and hostesses are all valued and valid, valid and valued responses. In the wider church, 
participating in various ministries, such ministries as Casio, for example, which is more than simply attending a Casio weekend, one of which is occurring next month, as a matter of fact. It is identifying and calling leaders in the church to achieve their full potential, and usually is the beginning of relationship with God and the learning process something like Samuel's, but a much more mature age. As you can see, the ways in which God calls can and are many and varied. Sometimes it is members of the community identifying others, potential members, and calling them on God's behalf, as we saw in gospel passage today, as one is called and goes to find another. Sometimes it is a vision or a voice, like the one heard by Samuel. Sometimes it is more obscure. I can personally attest to the fact that I received a call through what's through the medium of a fortune cookie. Yes, I did. <coughs> the secret is being at the right place in the right time and being open to receiving the call and being willing to respond to that call. Each call adds a little more brightness to the gloom. Each call adds a sense that the word of the Lord has not died out completely and it can be and still will be heard by those who will listen. Who will respond with the words? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.